I'm at Duck Creek on Salt Spring Island. It's July 31st, 2009. It's two more years to the anniversary of a group of 16 heading out to uh, all parts of the world, actually three countries mainly. And I'm sitting with John and we're Wilcox and we're talking about when they got halfway through your term, mm -hmm. you got sick, and then you had a reunion with your group, and one of your group headed back to Canada. Who right. was that again? Yeah, yeah. Bill McQuinney. Bill McQuinney. What did Bill McQuinney go on to do later? He went on to be involved with the World Bank, I believe it was. Was that the man? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So, after the yeah. reunion... What uh, what did you do? Uh, we all went back to our various postings. By that time, my posting in my original one in Kirpai hadn't worked, so I was then sent to the mountains up into Nanital district uh, oh. to an old uh, estate where um, I think I really think because I was so young, I think that. It was a way of, of helping me adjust better to conditions because I had had that sickness and they were a bit, I think they were a bit worried about how well I would fare. Yes. And so they sent me into the hills, to like the hill station type. Where it's, they call it a, a yeah. place for your health. Yeah, yeah. 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 And all I did there really was I related to some of the the hill people a little bit why, oh, I, I managed to get our school to send grape cuttings to plant so that there would be grapes growing in that area. Oh. And, uh, and did they grow? Well, I think so, yeah. I, I don't know how, I mean, that's a long time ago. I don't know how they've survived or anything, but uh -huh. uh, they were glad to have them and plant huh. them. But I was pretty much convalescing and uh, wasn't able to get much more in the line of what we had hoped we would do done. Yes. Uh-huh. You know. And then at the near the end I traveled over into Nepal. Wow. And uh, just explored a bit and eventually traveled back to Europe overland. Overland to Europe? Yeah. Wow. Uh, with an Australian friend. So, so you came back to Canada. How did that one short adventure affect you and your world? Well, it totally changed my life. I mean, it was. It's it's interesting because following what I had done, it became the thing to do to go to India to seek enlightenment. Ah, okay. And I felt that. Although I had gone to try and work in agriculture, that this enlightenment process was almost something that hit me, but like an osmotic process or something. Like I mean, you couldn't go, in my opinion, you couldn't go to India without changing, without becoming really when you're as young as I was, without being very affected by the experience and by the just the ethos of the culture of India. I mean, it was
fan it was a, a phenomenal experience. Totally changed my life. So you're there after independence, and now when we think of India and we think of its economy being so powerful now in the world, um, did you see that coming when you were there so long well, ago? I I was more inured or interested in the the kind of Satyagraha Gandhi's conception of economy. Okay. Because of the uh, fact that about 85% of the population were agrarian, mm. rural people. And so the village was the base of the economy, and that's what Gandhi wanted, uh, wanted and, and, and worked to achieve or influence. And this other form of economy, to me, international trade and working with you know, the general agreement on trade and tariffs and mm. and the rest of that sort of thing. To my mind, it it, it, it would have followed a, a successful local economy. Yes. But, but I think what's happened is that it's gotten switched around Yes. since his death. So many things from those rural economies now in 2009, we're trying to um, you do in our own country now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what you have here on Duck Creek. Right. Yeah, that's, we're returning to uh, the kind of economy that was my grandfather's economy, or my ancestral economy, where uh, people, when I, I, actually, I kind of an interesting thing for me, because I grew up with my grandparents, so I was, I was influenced by them, and of course, when they were, young there was no electricity and no mm -hmm. uh, telephone and no airplane uh, you know it was a horse and buggy rural economy yes there was a village every seven miles in Ontario where, where we were because that's the distance a horse would go and come back from every day that was convenient. oh seven miles okay you I know? didn't know that yeah and so we really departed from our own rural economy and I think, like, it's happened so much other places in the world because of the influence of economic thinkers mm, okay. rather than because of any sort of a natural process. And policies, trade policies, and uh, resource policies have dictated what's become of us. And, in a re in, and when you look at the world today, you can see that it backfired and that we're retreating from that and moving back toward... Like it's kind of back to the future. Yeah. If you like. So, the reason I also brought that up was that yesterday, when we were sitting for with for at lunch with the other alumni, we talked about this word development, and I I sense that you have another thought about how we can phrase the positive influence our volunteers might have in the field. Right. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I've kind of recognized, I think, what the shortcomings of development. I mean, it's it's all based on growth. I mean, it's as if, and of course, when we talk about people who aren't influenced by development, we either call them underdeveloped, yes, or we call them subsistence economically, or subsistence or third level, world. or third world, you know. Whereas, 
no one is taking into account the fact that there could be such a thing as a sustenance economy instead of a subsistence economy. What's sub about it? It's a superior form of life if you uh, can have an economy that sustains itself, like a sustenance economy does. And of course, we've seen sustenance economies in what are called primitive societies. And I think we have this tendency to look at primitive as if it's uh, sub, it's mm. below, it's, it's, uh, it's not dynamic and growing. Well, it seems to me that, and I've seen it in agriculture where the most economically successful farm people in the continent of North America are the Amish and the Mennonites and the Hutterites. Yeah, so, yeah. There's seven times, it's, it's reported by the U.S. Bureau of Statistics, that they're seven times more economically successful than their industrial counterparts in the agricultural world. Hmm. And, and so there's something to be said for returning to a way that they work. And, of course, they are bonded together by a, a religion, a religious attitude. But, I mean, I think that a new kind of religion is the sort of religion we see when we uh, look at the ecology in a respectful way. Or, I mean, I feel my religion is really more adhering to the, hmm. uh, the paradigm of Mother Nature is put before us or what have you. Or, you know what the Native Americans called the Great Spirit or yes. whatever it is. And that's the kind of religion I think we have to pay attention to hmm. in order to... Well, uh, the rule of, of these other cultures I'm talking about that are uh, unique in North America um, uh, have the principle that you don't replace humans with machines whenever you can carry on doing your work properly without the machine. Yes. So that everybody's gainfully and responsibly involved with the economy of their community. I think we have to return to that. I think those are wise and precious words for us all to think about. In thinking about 1961, going back, can you please name for me some of the uh, alumni of the group of 16 that you remember? Yeah, there's, we had uh, the women, uh, Buffy Carruthers and Anne Hume, and... Uh, Sally Bambridge, Helen, Helena Zukowski, and the nurse uh, Greta Dahl. Yeah. Okay, good. And then Steve Wilcom and Bill McQuinney and Clendon Woldrich and uh, Ed Ankin. Dale Pawsgate, myself. Mm -hmm. Is there one other one? Yes, uh, there yeah, was a gentleman yeah. who wasn't well. Uh, Hamilton. Um, um, Dick? No? Dick Hamilton. Dick yeah. Hamilton, yeah. okay. So, do you keep in touch with all these people? Well, we all got together on the 25th anniversary, and some of us have been in touch. I mean, I've pretty much only in touch with Helena. Helena. Yeah. 
uh, and George and Ann on occasion. But we're all over the place, and we're on the west coast, and I'm farming out here, and it's it's tough. It's tough because we don't move around much. You know. So I want to thank you for your hospitality on Duck Creek on Salt Spring Island, and your beautiful farm, and your wonderful family of students that are working with you. I think you carry the model on into the way you live your life, and um, I look forward to seeing you at the 50th. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, and thank you for helping us get together like this and planning that 50th anniversary. It's going to be very it's exciting. It's really kind of good to be able to see what's going on today and how this has grown. It has grown. To such over an extent. You know? It's huge. It's yeah, huge. It's wonderful. Peace so, without guns. Thank you. <laughs> that was a